Welcome back or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and this is another episode of our UTMB pre-race interview series. We're chatting with David Laney, a professional trail runner for Kraft Sportswear based in the Pacific Northwest, ahead of his race at UTMB later this month. Before we get started, though, this episode is brought to you by Gnarly Nutrition. Gnarly Nutrition is a sports nutrition company based here in my hometown of Salt Lake City, Utah. I use their tropical orange-flavored Fuel 2.0 drink mix on workout days and long runs, and I use their chocolate-flavored plant protein powder mixed into my oatmeal at breakfast on most days. If you're interested in trying Gnarly or you are already a customer and want a good deal for being a single-track listener, use code SINGLETRACK20 to get 20% off your next order at checkout on their website. David Laney, it's a pleasure to have you for the first time on the Single Track Podcast. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me on. It's awesome. I know we will talk largely about UTMB in this particular conversation, but I do want to get a little bit on your current job at Kraft. I know, I think you talked with Dylan Bowman about this a little bit on Free Trail, but it seems like a pretty interesting model where you represent your organization in a couple of different ways. So can you give some insight into that? Yeah, totally. So I, in 2021, January, signed a contract with Kraft Sweden, uh, exclusively to run. So just a a basic general running contract. Uh, And then uh, in November of 2021, I was, um, had gone out to our US headquarters in Boston and was just doing some stuff for them. Uh, You know, Tommy was running the New York City Marathon. I was running the New York City Marathon. So we were just at the headquarters doing a few, products and product stuff and they were like you know hey do you know anybody like we're launching we launched footwear we need basically like tech reps but more than that um in the u.s like do you know anyone who'd be interested and i was like yeah i know a ton of people i would also be like that sounds like a lot of fun uh you know i've I've always wanted to have a a running role transition into a like full career, you know, long-term career role. Uh, so I'd definitely be interested. So we started that, you know, basically the next week, uh, and we've grown our tech rep force since then. And so it's, it's been super fun to be part of like a launching footwear, um, project. Yeah. It's super interesting to me because, and I think Tracksmith also does this to some extent Mm -hmm. with Mary Kane and Nick Willis, but you always wonder like if, if you're one of the athletes at the top of our sport, like someone like you is what happens when inevitably those, uh, performance high come high competition days are over. And I know that you're a long ways away from that, but it's cool that there are clear opportunities for ways to extend yourself and really make this an end to end career totally. um, beyond races. That's super cool. Yeah. Next question here. I'll preface it by saying that basically every August, as sort of like a holiday tradition, I rewatch Billy Yang's uh, UTMB oh. video from 2015. And this is going to be a long comment before I ask you this question, but no, that's good. there's there's a scene in the film. I know you know it, where I think our mutual friend Ryan Gelfi says that you have one of the hottest fires burning for this sport. And I think at that point in time you were like as committed as it gets. You were living out of your car. You were chasing after the biggest, the best mountains. But I also understand that there there have been a few years since where um, you considered like opting out of at least the competitive part of the sport to some extent 
and pursuing mm-hmm. other opportunities and career moves. So I guess my question is, if you had to gauge where your stoke level is for training and racing these days, where is it? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I love training and I, I actually love racing as well. Uh, I still might, I've always loved training more than I've loved racing actually. Uh, you know, even in college when like track and cross country were the thing, um, you know, like I like going running most days. And a lot of times I'm someone who easily falls into the trap of enjoying training so much that it gets in the way of racing. Yeah. Like that's definitely a, an easy trap for me to fall into. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm still, I still love running, um, you know, maybe more so than, than ever, you know, finding, I think, um, giving myself a little bit more freedom in the last couple of years, uh, in terms of training, you know, training used to be really, really rigid, um, in, you know, workouts and recovery days and, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, now it's a little bit more fluid. Uh, I think there's a lot more big mountain days, um, that, that, and then I used to be able to do, uh, and I just have the, you know, opportunity and capability right now to do a lot more long day. You know, I might go 15 minute miles for eight hours. Um, but you know, I enjoy <laughs> that quite a bit. Right on. Well, other than and again, I should preface this by saying I've been watching your racing so far this year. I thought Free Trail did a great job of capturing your final miles at the Gorge 100K. And you're just motoring like low six-minute miles to the finish. And I'm just like, he still got it. So other than being, you know, obviously a few years older, you still look great, by the way. Um, <laughs> how are, can you, can, you, can you compare and contrast the athlete you are now versus like the athlete you were let's just say between like 2015 and 2017. And I know you mentioned a little bit in that last question, but maybe give us a little yeah. bit bigger picture. So I think, I mean, it, it depends how far you want to go back and how far you want to dive into it. But from 2000, you know, I'm in fifth grade, I'm like 10 or 11 years old to 2016, February 14th, 2016 Olympic day of the Olympic trials marathon. Um, I was someone who was fully consumed and obsessed and created all of my adequacy and identity as a person on running the Olympic trials marathon. Mm. Uh, You know, I think Bruce Springsteen says something like, um, whatever, what you don't surrender the world just strips away. Oh yeah. And I think, I think I had to die to that part of myself, um, to ever be able to run. Like, like when you just put so much weight on something that it doesn't really deserve, like running is a great thing. I enjoy going running. I'm not saying it's bad. Um, but when it becomes something that it, doesn't deserve to be uh it will you know it'll ruin you and destroy you and do everything else Mm. it'll let you you know it does running is inanimate so it won't destroy you but it will allow you to destroy yourself and that's probably the worst kind of destroying 
by the way, that's one of the best songs ever dropped on the single track yeah. podcast. We'll link to human <laughs> touch in the show notes for sure. The live version, um, you know, it's so easy. And even just as like a media person and someone that's not a competitive runner, but just a fan of the sport, it's so easy to get stuck on the UTMB treadmill. Like I cannot honestly tell you when I'll stop going to Chamonix, but it's going to be for many years to come. Mm-hmm. Um, you took, I think, at least from a racing standpoint, you took four or five years off. So mm-hmm. uh, talk about the re- the reasons for the break and then the motivations for returning this year. Yeah, totally. Um, so last year I was signed up for ultra trail Monta Monta Rosa. Um, and then, and you know, Kraft wanted us, the whole team to go do ultra Vossen in Sweden. Um, so I had decided to not do UTMB to do ultra trail Monta Rosa and then ended up doing ultra Vossen instead. Uh, so that was 2021, 2020 at UTMB obviously was canceled. 2017 I ran UTMB so 2018 and 2019 I think um you know part of it was just having to like step away like I went to Chamonix both those years and trained a little bit and um you know tried to do some other things but I think UTMB really is a beautiful race you really have to be in the right um I don't know if head headspace isn't the right word but like um, yeah, you kind of have to, sorry, my stomach's growling. <laughs> you kind of have to like be in a certain way to want to go over there. Yeah. If we were to talk expectations for a second, um, and again, acknowledging that there are other important reasons to line up for a race also acknowledging, and I was telling Tim Tollison about this in my mind and probably in your mind too, you have nothing left to prove. I mean, you are right up there in terms of the most accomplished American athletes ever at this race. With all that said, do you think that a performance like you had in 2015 or 2016 is, is still in you and maybe in you for this year? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think, I think it is, I think trainings in certain ways has been a lot better. Um, you know, sometimes it just doesn't matter. Sometimes it just doesn't come out of training. It comes down, it comes down to like, if you're just ready to get nuclear the last hundred kilometers. Um, and sometimes it just comes down to like, what, you know, like how nuclear other people are getting. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's definitely hard having gotten third and fourth and then 14th, like, well, let's be honest every year at UTMB, I've gotten worse. Um, at, at some level, like it's also not, like I just want to get around the mountain and that's always been the only goal. Um, like just finish the loop, get around the mountain. It's like, there's so much, it is, it's a competitive race and it's like the Olympics or the world championships. You have to be ready to compete, but at the same time, it's like such a beautiful experience. Um, I don't know. There's just like so many facets of UTMB that it's, I, I obviously want to go compete yeah, uh, and, you know, trained hard for it. Um, but I th- it's just like a kind of different mentality than I have going into Western States or a, a different race. Last question I have for you. I, at least among the American audience, I don't think a lot of listeners are well acquainted with Kraft's trail shoe line. 
And yeah. so can you talk about the shoe that you might be using on race yeah. day? Yeah, totally. So, so when we started developing shoes, uh, the goal was for Tommy to run across Sweden in 20 days, 65 miles a day wow. in one pair of shoes. So we made the CTM Ultra, which is kind of our gravel bike or our Subaru Outback. So it's a it's kind of a door-to-trail idea, but kind of like a bigger version of that. So it's it's really light like a trail shoe would or like a road shoe would be, okay. but it's stable like a trail shoe. It's got great traction on the outsole like a trail shoe, but it's also really smooth on the road like a road shoe. So okay. it's kind of that yes and. Yeah. Um, so we made the CTM Ultra as kind of that gravel bike. And then from there, we've made, you know, more road specific shoes, the Pro Endurance, which was just like gear junkies, um, you know, number one shoe of 2022. And then we've got pure trail shoes as well. Um, the shoe I'll run in will probably be a, a proto coming out in um, January 15th. Um, so yeah, right on exciting times for craft. Well, man, yeah, super fun. It's been such a pleasure to chat. I appreciate the insight into your inner life heading into this race. We'll make sure to link to all of your social media in the show notes. We'll, we'll give a shout out to trails and tarmac as well. Shout out Brett, shout out Ryan. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah. Anything else that you want to leave the audience with before we go? Uh, thanks so much for having me on Finn. It was awesome and appreciate all you're doing. 